What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode number 29 of Through the Veil podcast. I am your host, Alex Nelson, and today's episode is a little bit different. It is a solo cast, so that is just me speaking on this one, and it's me telling the story, the journey, really, of my soul wander. The soul wander was a practice taught to me by Tim Corcoran, whose episode dropped at the same time as this one. And if you enjoyed that episode, you'll enjoy hearing about just how impactful his nature-based practices can be. So I hope you enjoy this one. It's a super wild ride. It's a pretty short episode, uh, but it is quite the story, and I certainly am still reeling from the experience of going through it. If you did enjoy this episode, please consider dropping a review on iTunes or a actual written review or five stars, both very helpful for growing the podcast and helping get word out to more people. And of course, if you want to share it with a friend, that's much appreciated too. You can also find me on Instagram at Alexander Diesel or at my website, www.throughtheveil.co. And as I talk a little bit about in this podcast episode, I am doing a fundraiser to help me get to Ecuador per the message of this soul wander. So if you're interested in contributing to that, you can find the link to my GoFundMe in the actual description of this podcast episode. So if you want to contribute, I'd be super, super appreciative. It would help me get to the place that I need to be going and continue to follow the breadcrumbs that my life is putting in front of me. So Much love. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I will talk to you soon. Alright, so let's dig right into the story of my soul wander. So for those that aren't familiar or perhaps haven't heard my episode of the podcast with Tim Corcoran, which was released at the same time as this one, I'll give a little bit of context about what the hell is a soul wander actually. So a soul wander is this idea that you're going to strike out into nature and you're going to listen and observe and really be immersed in nature without needing to get anywhere you know it's not a hike it's not a journey where you're going to a specific destination it's really a wander truly you are just wandering around and you're paying attention and you're showing up in a spirit of deep reverence for the earth now this was a modality that i had done once before and found quite impactful simply from the perspective of it's a little bit different than most of the things I do. Obviously, if you're a listener a long time, you know that I delve deeply into psychedelics and I'm very familiar with that space and some of the changes that can come about. But I haven't ever really done sort of a specific nature-based practice like this. I've gone on plenty of hikes. I've been in plenty of beautiful locations, but this type of really specific intention to connect with the land was new to me. Um, So this being the second time I've done it, I was able to get a little bit deeper into it. And wow, was this one a doozy. Holy shit. I could not have anticipated the level of impact that this would have. And I'm still unpacking and trying to widen the aperture of how I'm looking at my life to understand some pieces of this experience because there are parts of it that still don't make exact sense to me. So a soul wander, 
you strike out on land and you approach it with this state of deep listening and deeply paying attention and sort of looking for signs from nature and whether those are real signs or just the way that you're interpreting them as signs, it's a really impactful lens through which to approach this type of practice because you're going out looking specifically for like things that call out to you, things that relate to you. So at the beginning of the soul wander, we all set our intentions for the soul wander and mine was the to experience the death of fear and the birth of courage. And that was something that had called to me from some previous experiences over this weekend where I was in Sedona, uh, Arizona, and just really stood out to me as the right thing to go into this with. So that was my intention. And I, I strike out onto the land. And the first thing I come across, there is this a beautiful piece of just gnarled wood and I'm looking at this and it's like a little like piece that would be easily taken home to be put on my altar and I'm like yeah this is amazing I should totally grab this and bring it back with me to put it on my altar at home it'll be a beautiful representation you know the wheels are already turning in my head and the thought crosses my mind and something that Tim Corcoran had suggested to us was to approach nature with a spirit of giving rather than the spirit of taking. And if you were going to try and take something from nature to ask it, you know, may I have you, may I bring you back with me? So that thought crossed my mind and I went, okay, maybe I don't start the soul wander in the like sort of classic Western mindset of like, what can I extract from the land? Perhaps I start the soul wander in that spirit of reverence and offering. So I had my medicine bag with me and I drew out a little essential oil spritz I had, and I just offered that as an offering and sprayed a little bit of that on the piece of gnarled wood. And instead of even thinking or trying to take it, I just said, thank you. And left that as an offering, which really, as the rest of my soul wander went forward, it almost felt like that was a crossroads moment where I had the choice to just be in the mode of taking or the mode of giving. And I chose the mode of giving. So I offer that up and I walk about five feet and I see a cricket and this cricket is just sitting on the ground and I haven't seen any crickets all weekend, but interestingly enough, my, my partner for the soul wander exercise, who we had shared our intentions together beforehand, she had had this experience the day before where a cricket had landed on her finger and was just on her finger for like an hour and a half while she was in this river. And it was super interesting that I ran across a cricket right away. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is kind of like a, a continuous thread through that experience into my experience in that moment. So I'm observing this cricket on the ground. And as I'm looking at it, I, I think to myself, well, I should offer it some of my water from my water bottle. So I do, I pour a little bit of water on the ground and the cricket hops away in a particular direction. And a part of the idea of the soul wander is to really pay attention to nature and to really follow it and to take everything as a sign. So I take this as a sign, like the cricket hopped that way, that's the way I'm going. So I walk, you know, maybe 10 minutes in that direction and I'm starting to kind of question myself, starting to go like, is this really the direction I need to be going? I mean, it's just a cricket. It wasn't like a bear led me here. It was just a cricket. And kind of as I'm thinking that another cricket is on the ground in front of me, I'm like, oh, interesting. Another cricket. <laughs> okay, cool. So I, I approach it. And as I get close to this cricket, it hops off and it hops off in exactly the same direction. And I'm just like, whoa, okay, cool. That's 
pretty clear that that's the way I need to keep going for now. It's two crickets in a row. So I'm going to take that as a sign for sure. And around this point, I, I, I see another one of the fit for service members who is coming back from their soul wander. He had actually been in the earlier group of the day. He's coming back from his soul wander. And I, I had two tobacco cigarettes with me. And so I offered some of one of them to him. You know, we're not really supposed to interact with each other during the soul wander, but just it felt right to be again in that spirit of offering. And just kind of as a crossing the threshold moment of he was returning from his soul wander. So his soul wander was really over and mine was really just beginning. It kind of felt like an interesting spot where we were passing each other. So I offer him some tobacco, he accepts, and then we go about our way. So as I walk away from him, you know, maybe 10 to 15 feet walking in the direction, I come across the third cricket <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, third cricket. Okay. The first two could have been coincidence, but the third one, all right, we're out, we're going in a specific way now. So again, I approach the cricket as quietly as I can. You know, Tim had kind of taught us this practice of the fox walk, which is this way to walk just very slowly, very carefully. And allows you to get a lot closer to wildlife so that you can actually observe it in its natural habitat instead of, you know, stomping around through the woods and then scaring everything at a 20 mile radius away because they hear us coming because we're these lumbering jackasses through the through the woods. So I fox walk up to this cricket and as I get close, it of course sees me or senses me and it leaps away and it leaps away again in the exact same direction. Like literally if you had a compass and on that compass, one of the directions, it was like to a T on that same uh, axis of the compass. So I'm thinking, okay, wow, this is still kind of weird that they would all jump off the same way, but whatever, fair enough. Let's continue on this way. So as I'm walking and, you know, crickets have some interesting symbology to them. Um, you know, one of the things that is interesting about crickets is they they exist in both worlds. So the idea symbolically is that they, they can fly and they can leap very high into the air. And as such, they exist in the spirit world, but then they live on the ground. So they're very grounded and they very much live in the physical plane as well. Crickets also play their song. They sing their song through movement and through the bowing of their legs and the rubbing of them against each other, which is really interesting and fairly unique in the animal world that you know, most things will sing with their voice, but a cricket sings with its body specifically. And also there's sort of some interesting 21st century symbology around crickets in the, in the sense of like Jiminy Cricket and the letting your conscience be your guide. And there's sort of representative of that as well, of like the conscience of the, of the inner self, the inner knowing and the following of that inner knowing. So these are all interesting pieces of symbology about the cricket that stood out to me right away. So I follow the third cricket and I'm walking and I'm walking. And as I continue to walk, I, I come across this stump and this stump had, you know, it had been previously like what it must've been this big tree and Sedona, like for those that haven't been, it's this, it's a high desert environment. So it's quite elevated, but it's a desert. Like it is not, not a ton lives there. It's really cool, beautiful red rocks everywhere, but it's not really a lush environment with green trees and stuff. It's very like deserty. So I see this big stump of what must've been like a pretty massive tree, maybe two, three feet across in diameter. And 
this stump of this dead tree inside of it, there's a hole. And in this hole, is like a spider web. And I'm kind of observing this and just like in awe a little bit and just going like, wow, this is so beautiful that this tree, which previously was life, was alive, has now provided space for new life to grow even at its death. And that stuck out to me as something that was quite important and profound in the moment. So I'm just in a spirit of reverence, again, just thanking the tree, like, hey, thank you for existing. Thank you for showing me this example. And one of the things Tim had taught us was, you know, at, at different times throughout your soul wander, perhaps ask different things if they have any wisdom for you. So I asked the stump. And, you know, as you're doing this, it's like, it's a little tongue in cheek. At least at first it was for me. There's a little bit of a sense of like, is this stupid? Like, I'm just out here on my own and I'm asking the stump, <laughs> an inanimate object per se, for guidance and for wisdom. Like, is this dumb? But anyways, I'm, I'm going to go along with it, especially after the three crickets in a row. So I ask the stump, like, do you have any, do you have any wisdom for me? And, you know, kind of an intuition comes through. I wouldn't say it was like words spoken to me, but an intuition comes through. Like, I don't, but ask the wind. Okay, cool good enough. So I go wind. And I, I say this out loud. I say wind. And I'm about to ask a question. As I say wind, the wind starts blowing super fucking hard in the exact same direction that the three crickets had been hopping. And I'm just like, okay, cool. That's interesting. I guess it could be chance, but that seems interesting. So I ask a wind, do you have any wisdom for me? And almost like a voice, like, that I was hearing from outside of me, it really felt as if like someone was speaking to me, goes, I don't have any wisdom for you, but go ask the earth, go ask the caves where you were born. I'm like, huh, okay, that's pretty wild. It's definitely an interesting uh, thing for it to say. Fair enough. So I strike off in the same direction that the wind had been blowing, kind of taking that as my coordinate of the way that I needed to go. So as I'm walking that way, I go another maybe five, 10 minutes. And I, as I'm walking very quietly, I've come up to this bush. And as I get closer and closer to the bush, something explodes out of the bush, like just fucking shakes the whole bush. And I'm like, ah, and I almost fall over because there are, there are both mountain lions and bears in this region. And so I'm kind of freaking out like, uh, is this like, this is it? I snuck up on a bear or something and now it's going to eat me. Turns out it was just a ground nesting bird, um, what I believe to either be a quail or a ground nesting dove, which are in that region. Um, whichever one it was, it explodes out of the tree and it flies off. And it flies in a very specific direction. Again, the same direction that all three of the crickets and the wind have been guiding me to. So cool, got our bearing. I recover from my <laughs> brief momentary shock of thinking I was going to die at the hands of an animal. And I continue on. And as I walk that way, you know, a couple more minutes, I come across this old gnarled tree and it's just like twisted. And one of the features of Sedona or why so many people find it so special is this idea that there are energy vortexes there. And supposedly, you know, the mythos of the energy vortexes is you can find them by where you find these really gnarled, twisted trees. And this seemed like it was one of them. So I come up to this tree and I offer it some of the water from my water bottle and just pour some on it and just say, thank you for existing. Like, thank you for being an example of how 
really beautiful, interesting things can exist and flourish, even in really harsh environments. That stuck out to me as like the message from that tree. I just put a hand on it for a second and just kind of sat there in reverence um, for that tree. And I continued on my way. So as I continue on my way, another five minutes or so walking, walking, and I come across another bush. And in this bush, I can see this time, not sneaking up on it, I can see it, that there is either the exact same bird that I had previously seen or a very, very similar bird. It's hard to tell. They're about the same size. They're definitely the same color. So either way, I sneak up on it. And this time, you know, I get maybe 10 feet, five feet away from the bush before the bird notices me. And then it too explodes out of the bush. This time I know it's there. So I don't almost tip over, thankfully. And it goes off again, same direction. Okay, cool. That's the direction we're going. And the interesting thing about these ground nesting birds is that they have a very you could say a similar symbology or symbolic uh, meaning to the grasshopper, to the cricket, which is this space of flying, being in the spirit world, but also just living on the ground and living in that like down to earth environment, the physical plane, they have that kind of duality to them. So it was interesting that it was a similar message symbolically um, or from a archetypal level as the first animal that I really interacted with. So I continue to follow off in the direction of where this, where this bird has flown and I'm walking and I'm walking and maybe 10 more minutes pass. And I'm starting to get kind of close to the cliffs um, of Bear Mountain, which is the mountain in Sedona. It's more like sacred mountains. And as I'm getting close to the cliffs, I'm starting to question again. I'm a little bit in my head and just kind of going like, okay, which, where am I supposed to go now? Like I'm getting close to the cliff faces. Is there a specific spot I'm supposed to be like aiming at? Or is there something cool I'm supposed to find? Like where am I supposed to go next? And almost as I'm thinking that there's this jackrabbit in this uh, bush ahead of me and this jackrabbit explodes out of this bush and it runs down through this little depression in the ground, almost like an old riverbed. And, and that runs up the other side and off into the distance. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, there's another animal to guide me, awesome. <laughs> Thank you, nature. Thank you, Mother Earth, for putting one in front of me again. And I see it and the path it took. And I kind of go and I'm, I'm looking down there and it's, it's, there's a lot of rocks and there's a lot of brambles and, you know, there's rattlesnakes in the area. So I'm a little bit aware of like, that looks like a pretty good spot. If I was a rattlesnake, I'd probably hang out down there. That looks pretty, pretty nice. And I can also see that there's this path that goes around the depression and I'm like, huh, okay, well maybe I should take the path around and not get bit by a rattlesnake. That'd be great. And I'm looking and I'm just thinking like, you know, that jackrabbit went right down through there. And I'm thinking that that's probably a message that I need to go down through there too and not go around the quote unquote easy way. So I buckle up and go through the ravine, the little depression in the ground, and no rattlesnake. I was totally fine. <laughs> and I, as I get up to the other side, I can see that that path that I thought would have gone around actually could not have gotten me to where I went. Um, there's too many brambles, too, too thick of a thicket on both sides, really, that wouldn't have allowed me to actually get into there, at least not with like without like a machete and like cutting through some crap. So 
I'm kind of like, okay, good. That's a good sign that I've gone the right direction. So I walk up and as I continue to trek up towards the cliff face of Bear Mountain, I get right up and I start climbing into some elevation. And as I'm climbing into this elevation, I, I see something oh, like a little bit in the distance, five, 10 feet away. And I'm just like, what is that? And I get up close to it and it, it's a grave. <laughs> and I shit you not, I felt like a lightning bolt hit my whole body at that exact moment. And I'm just like standing there, just staring at this grave, just like, what the fuck? On this grave was a red rose and a white rose that someone had set there. And like they're fresh, like within a couple days recency, because out in the heat like this, you know, roses are not going to last very long, just sitting on a grave in the open sun. So it's just two roses and then there's two feathers sticking out the top of the grave. Now, it was a fairly small grave and it could have been someone's child. It could have been an animal that someone loved. It could have just been a headstone for what was a full-sized grave. It was kind of hard to tell um, specifically, but it's this grave and it's this, you know, symbol of death, which is interesting in relation to my intention coming into the soul wander. So I just sit there for a second and I'm just in deep reverence and just deeply think, just thanking whatever it was for existing and thanking it for being there in that moment and having its grave right there to like bring a message through to me. So again, I pull out another one of my essential oils that I had in my medicine bag and I offer some drops of that to the grave and just say, thank you. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I go up above the grave up towards the cliff face a little bit further. And as I get up towards the cliff face, there's like this cave and the caves maybe five feet, six feet deep it's very womb-like and it's very much just like the earth's womb is what it felt like and so I go and I climb up in it and I sit there and I'm meditating and I just feel so deeply connected and deeply held by the earth and just really like I'm in a womb like deeply safe and deeply full and fulfilled and as I'm sitting there I think like oh this maybe there would be a great place to offer up this other tobacco cigarette that I have with me as an offering and pretty much as quickly as I have that thought another thought comes through it says be patient and I'm just like okay like <laughs> be patient for what I've already come across a fucking grave in the middle of nowhere after following six animals to it and now I'm in a womb cave like what am I waiting for but if I've learned anything thus far on my soul wanders I need to listen to these intuitions as they come through so I listen and I sit in that cave for a good 30 to 45 minutes and kind of just an intuition comes through of this medicine song that it just like very much represented to me like mother earth energy and this like deeply being held and seen and loved which is how we are supposed to feel in relationship to our mothers if we have good mothers that's like the ideal relationship um and just feeling that coming through and, you know, subsequently I've actually used it in some medicine ceremonies and seen the impact it had. So despite my initial trepidations of like, am I just like sitting here in the middle of nowhere, just making shit up classic. I've seen it have some impact. So there's some credence to the song that came through, but regardless of that, like song comes through, I'm just in this deeply fucking connected space. I'm just like, wow, this is, this is not what I was expecting from this soul wander. I was expecting like maybe a halfway magical experience. And this is a good point to note. Like 
I'm dead sober on this experience. Like we have fasted for 24 hours. I've taken zero substances, which even beforehand, I had an inkling like, oh, maybe I should take a microdose of mushrooms before this experience. And I was like, no, you know what? I want to go through it sober and just see what comes up. So it's kind of blowing my mind because I've never had so many powerful things happen in a row in a dead sober experience like this, obviously in mushroom space and ayahuasca, I've experienced some wild stuff, but never just completely lucid sober like this. So I'm kind of, I'm tripping out a little bit. Just like, whoa, this is already pretty crazy. So I save the tobacco. I don't smoke it. I go around the corner as I come out of this womb cave and around the corner, and I'll share some pictures on my Instagram um, at Alexander Diesel. So if you want to go look for them after you hear this podcast episode, you can actually see the pictures. But I come around the corner of the uh, cliff base and there's this wall. And on this wall, there is 30 to 45 feet of Native American petroglyphs or hieroglyphs or however you refer to them. And I'm just like, what? Like, we, I didn't know these were out here in general. It kind of makes sense once you think about it. Sedona has been long considered like a sacred site for the Native American tribes that lived there. But I see this just like wall of these petroglyphs and I'm just kind of stunned into silence again. Just like, wow, <laughs> here we are. Holy shit. So it immediately becomes apparent to me like, oh, this is why I had to be patient with the tobacco. It's too to give up as an offering to these petroglyphs and to, to sort of hold in reverence the ancestors that were here before me. So I light up the tobacco and I blow some smoke on each petroglyph and I just say, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, sort of thank you for being stewards of the land. Thank you for coming before us so that we may exist. And thank you for just being present with me in that moment was really how it felt and allowing me to see this beautiful art on this wall that's been there for you know hundreds if not thousands of years um, really was this deeply special connection that I was feeling in that moment so there's almost like this uh this like stone chair cut out of the wall and I'm sitting in that spot and you could see out over the whole valley below me and it was really clear to me and especially some of the iconography that was on the wall this was a a spot where the natives of the area had used as a lookout to either hunt for animals or to like watch over their land um because it was just like this gorgeous view you could see everything for miles and miles and miles so I'm looking out over the land and I'm just feeling deeply connected and just deeply held and seen and guided, like especially guided. That was the thing that was so crazy about this was like, it really felt like I was just being pulled along on a string and like following the breadcrumbs that, uh, that the earth was leaving for me. So I'm sitting here and feeling deeply connected and I asked my ancestor spirits, you know, directly like, hey, can you come be with me now? You know, higher self, can you come be with me now? Spirit animal, can you come be with me now? And as I say that, a hawk flies right in front of my face and I'm like, whoa, okay, cool. That's about as clear as it gets, awesome. So again, just sitting there, just feeling so connected and just like held. And, you know, comes to be time to leave. And I look at the petroglyphs. I'm like, I should take a picture of these because no one is going to fucking ever believe this story. And I need some evidence at all to show what I'm experiencing here. So 
I ask them again in that spirit of reciprocity and that spirit of asking for consent, consent, I ask the Petrogos, like, can I take a picture of you? And the message comes through very clear. Like you can take a picture of us, but you have to go into the cave that's below us. I'm like, huh? Okay. Didn't really see a cave below you. Cause I kind of came around the top of the edge, but okay. Sounds good. No problem. I'll go in a cave. So I took the pictures, you know, snap, snap, snap. And I scaled down the wall. And there's a cave and like this fallen rock makes up the entrance to the cave. And this cave goes maybe 30 or 40 feet deep into the side of Bear Mountain. And the aptly named Bear Mountain has bears, cougars, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, I'm looking at this cave and I'm feeling fear. And I'm just kind of thinking like, God, there, this is absolutely where a bear would make its den. This is the perfect spot. It's all cozy. It's up at a little bit of elevation. Like this is a no brainer if I'm a bear. And as I'm kind of trying to peek in and just see if anything's in there, I'm just thinking like, <laughs> I'm thinking forward to like the headlines of my death. I'm thinking like <laughs> the news headline is like local asshole thinks that spirit is guiding him to deep meaning gets eaten by bear <laughs> and just like how stupid that would look. So kind of just feeling like, okay, am I, am I about to do something dumb here by going into this cave? Is this about to be one of those things where like, I really thought source was deeply guiding me. And then I get killed by a bear. It's like, fuck, it's grizzly man 2.0. So I don't think of that, but I'm just feeling, I'm going, you know, I already took the pictures. I made this like contract. So I'm going in. Fuck it. We'll see. And I'll go, I'll be careful. I'm not gonna be stupid and just charge in head first with no light, but I'm going in. Turn on the flashlight in my phone and I kind of peek in the cave and I take a couple steps and I peek in the cave and I take a couple more steps and I peek in the cave and I'm not seeing any animals. I'm not seeing, there's no droppings or anything. It doesn't look like anything's really agitated in the cave. So I'm kind of feeling better and better. I get fully into the cave and there's no animals in there. I'm like, all right, cool. That's a win. Awesome. And the top of this cave was like this blackened rock. And the blackened rock had these like, almost as if someone had a handful of glitter or dust and just like threw it at the ceiling. It had like this little sparkly quality to it, which I found out later is like the quartz that's in the area. Um, and I'm looking at that and I like touched the rocks. I thought like maybe there's a fire in here from a fire pit and maybe it's soot on the ceiling, but no, it's just, that is the rock and it's what it's made out of. So it's interesting. And I'm exploring the cave a little bit. I'm looking around and then right in the middle of the floor of the cave, I see a spear tip <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, what? And I look at it and I go, I get closer to it. I'm just looking at it and just kind of like blown away again, feeling like a lightning bolt has hit me because I've gone and, you know, the whole journey that I'd already been on flashes through my mind. And I'm just like, wow, this all led me to right here, right now. And as I'm looking at the spear tip, I ask it like, hey, can I take you with me? And it's like, of course, like I'm here for you. I'm like, okay, good to know. So I pick it up and just turning it over in my hand and you can kind of see the little notch on the bottom of the spear tip where like some of the rock was carved away to make way for like lashing it onto a stick or something. And I'm just like absolutely blown away at this point and just thinking like, wow, what, what a gift. And 
it kind of comes to me the archetype of the hunter and the archetype of the hunter is very much representative of this idea of going out into the unknown wilderness to get the resources to bring back to the tribe and it's a very like courageous archetype because you know hunting back in the day was one of the most dangerous things that could be done except for like warfare with other humans but a lot of the deaths that would come would be from going out and hunting and going out into the unknown into the jungle or into the brush and going to try and kill an animal to bring it back to feed everyone in the tribe and you know even having talked to one of my friends who's lived with different tribes justin wren he he says that one of the things that some of the tribes member will say when asked like what was the best day of your life was the day that i killed the biggest animal and was able to feed the whole tribe it's very much this like selfless archetype of like i'm going to go get something to bring it back to my tribe so i'm really feeling that energy and just feeling the courage it takes to be a hunter and how they can't have that fear they have courage they go out and they do the thing and just how perfect of a representation this spear tip was for what my intention was coming into this journey and how the grave seeing the death and then directly into the birthing cave the womb cave that gifted me a song and gifted me this new life is like this perfect encapsulation of what my journey was meant to be on this journey so i'm feeling just like lit up i'm like just saying thank you over and over and over again if you had a camera behind me, I probably would sound like a crazy person because I'm literally just like walking. Just thank you, 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 thank you. Just over and over and over again. And I come out of the cave and it's like 5.36 p.m. It's going to start to get dark like really soon. I've got a long way to walk back to where we started the soul wander. So I, I start walking back and as I'm walking back, I'm just thinking about the whole soul wander and how special it was and how impactful it was. So I make my way back barely in time. Like it had just started to get dark as I got back and I was kind of freaking out a little bit. And I'd actually asked at one point, I'm like, <laughs> I see a bird that's sitting in a tree ahead of me. I'm like, bird, can you show me the way back? Cause I'm not positive. And it flies in a direction and the direction seemed to be generally right. You know, I kind of had an inkling that it might've been that direction, but I kind of go that way. And turns out that was the right way back. So again, thank you nature for hooking it up. And I get back and I share my experience with Tim Corcoran and, you know, he's blown away by it too. And he's like, wow, that is a big one. You're going to be unpacking that for a while. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I feel. And, you know, it's time to go back to our Airbnb in Sedona. And one of the women who's in fit for service had asked for a ride home. And so I said, yes, I had rented a mom van, which is hilarious. And I, I said, yes. And we're driving home and I'm kind of explaining some more of my soul wander to her. And she's just listening and receiving and just hearing about it. And I drop her off and I go back to the Airbnb. And then later that evening, 30, 40 minutes later, she texts me and she texts me and it's a picture of the grave that I had seen. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, how do you have this picture? I didn't take a picture of it. It's not on a trail whatsoever like you wouldn't just stumble into this by accident so what the fuck how do you have this picture and she responds um and goes hey well one of the people i'm staying with one of the men who's in fit for service uh we had done a despacho ceremony the night before and for those that aren't familiar despacho ceremonies sort of this ritualized way of letting 
go of things that no longer serve you. So it's this idea, typically you use fire, but you can use a bunch of different modalities. You know, perhaps you write down like, you know, I'm letting go of fear and then you would burn that. And then that symbolizes that leaving and you bringing in whatever is needed, courage or whatever it may be. So she's like, yeah, we'd done despacho ceremony the night before. And when you said the red rose and the white rose, that sounded so familiar and so specific. So I asked my roommate, hey, didn't you have a red rose and a white rose as your despacho offering the night before? And he had. <laughs> and she said that he had actually left those two roses there from the earlier Soul Wander group as his offering to that same grave that he found on his wander completely separate from me. And I'm just like, holy shit, like this is another layer of death of something, birth of something iconography. Like this is the despacho ceremony, the letting go of fear and then the birth of that courage and then all of the pieces that followed, of course. So I'm just blown away. Like, okay, first of all, awesome. I have a picture of the grave now, which again, you'll be able to see on Instagram after this episode drops and I'll put a little post along with it with a bunch of the stuff I saw. And cool, like more confirmation. Awesome. I think I got the message from the soul wander. So I go to bed. I wake up the next morning, I'm still feeling kind of like just buzzing with energy, like a lightning bolt is still like electricity flowing through me. And we have our final day and it's like, it's like a lunch and a little social hour for us all to just like say goodbye to each other this final day and all this. And the guy comes up to me who had uh, left the roses on the grave. And this is not someone I've connected with at all. I should preface this with, this is someone who, I've maybe been on one Zoom call with, along with like 20 other people. And I haven't really spoken to him much, you know, not by any slight against him, just hadn't happened. And he comes up to me and he's like, hey man, dude, I heard you found my roses on the grave. And I'm just like, I'm so lit up. I'm like, yeah, dude, what the fuck? What were the chances of that? Like, that's so crazy. And he's like, yeah, man, that's just fucking awesome, you know? I have something to tell you and I wasn't really going to bring this up, um, but you found these roses across this grave. So I want to, I want to surface it and talk to you about it. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, what is it? Like thinking he's going to say like, you know, those roses were representative of my mother or, you know, whatever his intention was for his despacho ceremony, maybe it was connected to my soul wander. And as he says this, I'm just like, yeah, uh, what do you want to tell me? Just expecting something fairly basic. And he's, he goes, <sighs> A week and a half ago, I had a dream about you and my medicine woman from South America, from Ecuador, and how I need to introduce the two of you to each other. And I wasn't going to tell you about it until you ran across this grave. And we had this additional layer of connection. And I'm just like, mind blown, just fucking sitting like literally just receiving that just like what and again like part of this soul wander i've just had to starting to widen my view of just what a synchronicity looks like of just what you know coincidence air quotes is and this is one of those things that, like i don't have a good 
explanation for. Like, this doesn't make a lot of logical sense to me. You know, there's quite a few of us, about 150, that went out on the land over the course of that day. And the fact that me and him specifically arrived at the same exact spot that was quite hard to find and was not an obvious place, and that that was in relation to the dream he had had, and that we wouldn't have even connected about this if I didn't happen to have the other woman who I took home that day and dropped off and told her my story in enough detail to where she knew to ask him if those were his roses and then that connection was made and then the connection of the grave was made and then he felt the connection to come talk to me about it it's like all of these layers of just like pure synchronicity if one step gets missed anywhere the whole thing doesn't happen so I'm feeling like this lightning bolt hit me and I'm just like absolutely like absolutely yes of course I want to connect with your medicine woman from Ecuador like that is yes yes it's an easy yes <laughs> it's a yes for me dog and so we're talking a little bit and we're just kind of like shooting the shit and we're both just blown away and that kind of wraps up the experience now it's funny because you'll see in the pictures on Instagram if you care to go look at them like I'll show you the spear point and you know of course like doubt creeps back in like in the moment everything you feel like pretty sure and like the messages seem so clear but as I'm coming home back to Minnesota I'm just feeling like doubt creep back in and I'm looking at the spear tip. I'm like, maybe it's not a spear tip. Maybe whatever. Like maybe this didn't mean that much. And, and when I get home, my girlfriend's family had brought over this wooden spear unprompted, just left it at the house while I was gone. No good reason. Like, no, we weren't like, Oh, Hey, we'd love a wooden spear. That'd be dope. Just brought it here. And it's kind of like what I took it as is just like the universe going like, okay, go ahead. You can question if you want, but here you go. Here's the representation. Here's a more clear physical form of the same idea that you can have. And that kind of blew me away too. It's just like the final synchronicity of just like smacking me upside the head. Like, you better trust, idiot. So since then, it's been this beautiful unfolding. Um, I will continue to give updates, of course, as this deepens. But, you know, I spoke to the man that I connected with in Sedona. He connected me with his medicine woman from Ecuador. I am now going there in January of 2021 to spend about 14 days, give or take, um, working with a variety of different plant medicines there, um, along with the guy who left the roses and the woman who I dropped off. So it's like this perfect little tripod of people who are going down there together to work with these medicines um, who had this sort of serendipitous connection. And it really, you know, to be honest, it's this combination of like deep excitement and deep terror in a way, because I've personally never received such clear messages about what my next step of my path is going to be. And especially I've never received such clear messages about my path when I've been completely sober. So this has this aspect of fear for me of like, there's no turning away. I can't pretend that I've been shown something else and that like, oh, well, I can just kind of play small by doing this and not, I won't have to go look at this soul wander experience. I could just ignore it. It's like, it's almost as if source or whatever, mother earth, spirit, my inner self, my highest self, however you want to frame it. It's almost as if it knew Alex is going to need a sledgehammer over the head to get this fucking message. And we need to put it in a way that you can't ignore it. So 
I've received that message. Now I'm working on planning this trip to Ecuador. Um, I'm also doing a bit of a fundraiser for it. So if you're interested, I'll put some details. Uh, basically, I'm just raising some funds through a variety of means, holding some ceremonies and doing some other things as a way to raise money to go to Ecuador because it will be quite an expensive trip all in all. Um, so if you feel interested in donating to that and donating to me going down there, that's fucking amazing. If not, no pressure. It's just appreciated if you do. Um, details for that will be in the Instagram post and also in the show notes here. So if that calls to you, awesome. Appreciate you. And if not, I still love you. But yeah, that's my fucking soul wander story. And I'm sure it's going to continue to deepen and continue to unpack different parts of it. It really, again, like I just can't harp on enough. It really just blew me away how much it widened my appreciation for what I can learn from the land and what I can learn from the earth while sober. Like, yeah, of course, plant medicines are these amazing tools for like learning things about yourself, but nature is this beautiful and so underused tool. And one thing that really struck me was that I showed up in the spirit of generosity and the spirit of giving on my soul wander. And because I showed up in that way, nature or spirit or source showed up right back and was so just generous and clear in the messages throughout the soul wander. And it really like the felt experience of it was almost as if mother earth was just excited that someone was listening and someone was watching, someone was paying attention, someone cared. It was almost a little bit sad in a way, but it was also very joyful in the experience because it was this experience of like, almost like a little kid who was just like, oh, someone's paying attention to me. Like someone's giving back to me. Oh my God, this is amazing. Yes, finally. And a little bit of sadness was just like, because so many people don't pay attention. So many people aren't thoughtful about the way they treat the earth. And so many people aren't thoughtful about the way they approach any relationship they have, whether it's with the feminine in general or mother earth or themselves, they don't approach with that spirit of generosity and that spirit of giving first without the expectation of taking anything. So that really stood out to me as like one of the deep core messages from the soul wander. In addition to everything else about my intention was just that when I show up as my best self, when I show up in that spirit of generosity, of reciprocity, of giving first without expectation, beautiful things happen. And if we were all able to show up in that way, the world itself would transform very quickly and we'd be in a much better place very quickly. So I will leave you with that as the parting thought. Thank you for listening to this. If you have listened the whole way, I appreciate you. Um, if you are interested, go listen to my podcast, which dropped today as well with Tim Corcoran. Uh, he is such a beautiful human and someone who taught me so deeply of how to listen to the land and who really I have a ton of respect for because he's, he's worked with these Native American tribes for 20, 30 years now, at least, and really been deeply ingrained and initiated into their culture and kind of taken some pieces of these deep nature-based practices they have and updated them for the Western person who doesn't live in nature, who doesn't exist in coexistence with the land at all times. And it's so impactful because as you learn how to do these nature-based practices, it's not only that you're receiving messages from the land, but it's also this deep sense of peace and appreciation that comes through 
And that was something that I wasn't expecting to get out of these experiences. I wasn't expecting this like deep held sense of just peace in myself. And he was really instrumental in giving me that. So I highly recommend you check out his work and check out the podcast I did with him because he is just such a fountain of wisdom and wonderful things. So that is all for today. I love you all. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you soon. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was a bit of a wild ride. It was certainly a wild ride for me in the driver's seat of experiencing that actual soul wander. Again, if you did enjoy the episode, it's always so helpful if you share it out with a friend, if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, or if you write a review on iTunes. That all helps grow the podcast and helps just spread the word and get more people involved. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Alexander Diesel, and you can also find me on my website, www.throughtheveil.co. I have all sorts of offerings on there from coaching to different articles I write to finding all the podcast links there. So you can check that out. And also, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I am doing a fundraiser to get me to Ecuador per this specific Soul Wanders message and breadcrumb it's left in front of me. If you're interested in contributing to to that fundraiser it's just a gofundme link and it's in the description of this podcast episode i would be eternally grateful if you saw fit to contribute so much love to you all we'll be back next week with a powerful episode with one of my closest friends and mentors eric godsey so have a wonderful week and i will see you next tuesday